Face to Face Games proudly presents Grand Prix Toronto, the first Grand Prix featuring the Hour of Devastation limited format, July 21st to 23rd. Come face pro players as they flex their muscles just one week before the Pro Tour. Every Grand Prix entry includes a sleep-in special and registered sealed pool for players with buys. Visit gptoronto2017.facetofacegames.com to register and learn more. ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to facetofacegames.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Topic Magic. This is Brian David Marshall. I'm here with Michael J. Flores. Hello, and everybody. A quick disclaimer. No, no, the, no, there's no disclaimer. The, there's no disclaimer. We're not disclaiming anything. There will be no just basketball. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever that man said, you just don't listen. I'm not talking about... We're just talking ma- magic. Nay on the Bay, All Bay, Octay. Magic the Gathering. That's what we're going to talk about. This is a Magic the Gathering podcast. There it has be, been since 2005. There will be bagpipes, though. <laughs> I can't wait, get away from the bad pipes. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in. Uh, hey, what, what is it? What's this park called? Is this Washington, Washington Square yeah, Park. Washington Square Park. Yeah, and uh, they're bagpipes, just kind of random. And there's not really a place. The guy has found the strategic location that no matter where you go in the park, can't avoid. You are getting you're getting like hit by bagpipe rays. You're going to turn into some sort of musical version of the Incredible Hulk. Belted by bagpipe rays. Um, so, were, were, were you at a Grand Prix last weekend? I was. I was in Omaha. It was my Omaha. first... Uh, the first time I've produced a Grand Prix uh, stream. What does that mean, produced? So it means I'm just... I'm responsible for the stream. I'm responsible for, you know, getting everybody in their right places at the right time. Making sure the content is... Lines up in between rounds. Making sure that... You know, we're not left with eight minutes of dead air as the time walk match and the regular match are over. And I think I would rather just be an on-air talent than do that. Thing. Uh, it was interesting though. I've never, I've never had the chance to do it before. I got to do some cool things. Who usually does it? Uh, Rich is the producer for almost all of the Wizards-driven uh, GPs, but there were two GPs being streamed last weekend, so he was in Amsterdam, uh-huh. and uh, I got to do the one here. But uh, we got to do a really cool thing at the beginning of round 10. Uh, Brad Nelson and Matthias Hunt were both undefeated overnight, and they were playing each other. And that match was not going to be streamed. Were those a pair of rookie of the years? uh, Hunt was, for sure. Hunt was. I don't don't believe Brad won rookie of the year. He's just player of the year. He was player of the year. Um, And... uh, so we recorded that match, but we weren't going to be showing it live because Amsterdam was still going on. So the way this stream works is once the finals of Amsterdam were done, we we went into the coverage of Omaha. So we had that recorded, and then, you know, by the time we were on the air, Brad Nelson is shaking hands and drawing his way into the top eight. So we're like, hey, Brad, why don't you come into the booth yeah. and, like, directors commentary us through your match, which was kind of oh, fun. cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and it's just really interesting to hear, you know, like, where he's just like... 
you know, all of sort of the thought process uh, of what's going on. I love this build. I mean, I don't really think of Marvel as a strategic deck and standard right now. <laughs> like, I think that, like, when we played it, or I played it in, like, New Jersey, it was, like, a strategic deck. Like, it had stuff going on where you would just try to exploit something and do something that's a little bit different and stuff like that. But in a world where all the decks are packing three-plus dissenters deliverance, and you're really just... For the most part, rolling dice, right? Like, then I think it's like not a strategic deck, but I liked Brad's deck because of his Ulvenwald Hydra technology. Well, I know you. I knew. I knew we would be talking about the Ulvenwald Hydra as soon as I saw it. Well, I mean, it's really clever how he put that together, right? With the uh, was it Shrine of the what is the hell is it called? Yeah, Shrine of the Forsaken, Forsaken Gods. Gods. I always get confused which one is which by name. It's the double land, right? So yeah, basically, it makes two mana if you control. Seven, seven or more, more. yeah. So more it's his Mrs. So Renewal kind of, right? Yeah. But you get like an 8-8. Eight, eight. So that makes it so that you can cast Ulamog. Yeah. I thought that was cool. He also had no World of Virtuosos. Yeah. Which was really interesting. So we, we get, <coughs> I agree that happened. This is this is tangentially basketball talk. Because um, we were watching but game two after Brad so won. And uh, we decided that the Golden State Warriors were basically the Aetherworks Marvel of the NBA. Just this kind of like broken deck with some really dominant cards. And we sort of assigned values to like which member of the Golden State Warriors is which card from the Aetherworks Marvel deck. And a couple of people were like, well, why isn't so-and-so World of Virtuoso? And the answer is Brad didn't play World of Virtuoso. So nobody gets to be World of Virtuoso. Like Harrison Barnes is hey. World of Virtuoso. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, do you think Kevin Durant should be Ulamog or Confiscation Coup? <laughs> I mean, I, I would want to think that their deck would have, like, an Ulamog from before, right? Like, I think, like, Kevin Durant's, like... like <laughs> well, he is. I no, mean, he's like Ulvenwald Hydra. He's, like, this thing that was added that's, like, a difference that makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, I guess he looks like he's... Like, like, I don't know, like, do you think that the Cavs would just be raffle-stomping the Warriors right now if they didn't add Durant? It looks like it to me, right? Like, Durant scores all their points, right? right. So, like, they completely <laughs> shut down Clay and, and, and Draymond, right? Like, so... By the way, if you want to murder someone, yeah. just challenge them to a drinking game where every time the announcers say, all due respect to Harrison Barnes, but... <laughs> anytime they start yeah. off a sentence for... Yeah, I think, I think World of Virtuoso says Harrison Barnes. I thought you'd also like uh, Zaza was main deck to center's deliverance. Yeah. Because he takes out your best card in yeah. the opposing deck. Yeah, they... These guys have a, a real fair play attitude toward them. I mean, also, their, their sort of approach to, like, shooting threes is very much like spinning the marvel. They're well, just like, I mean, yeah, let's just do it. Look, Six I, energy, let's go. I just don't think it's, like, worth having this conversation. I mean, I think... They, they they landed all their contested threes. The Cavs, who are actually the best three-point shooting team, can't land any of their open threes, right? which is the weird thing. Like, the, you look, last night, the super close game, the Cavs shot 24 from three. They've been getting great looks all series. Like, yeah. their guys are open. Their entire their entire roster, other than Tristan Thompson, shoots 40% or better. Yeah. And they're, like, not hitting. It, it's like, it'd be one thing if, oh, yeah, yeah, Clay was all over him. He wasn't, though. Like, they, they got their guy open. And they, you know, they can't hit. So last night was their first at 24%. I think last night was their first good night shooting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh, I don't know. 
I think people are going to eat a lot of crow when the Cavs win in seven. Yeah. Uh, that J.R. Smith tweet's going to look great. Even though well, he, he deleted, deleted it. it he deleted it. I was so upset. Yeah, I, just, I kept trying to, I'm like, damn it, what's wrong with my Twitter? I can't retweet this. Yeah. I, uh, For people who don't know, J.R. Smith tweeted Cavs in seven immediately after the game. Yeah, I just, I, I really just don't understand how the narrative isn't about that Draymond Green play after when, when the Cavs were up, like with like a little under a minute to go. Like, like it just, I don't understand how no one's even talked about it. It was the entire game. Because everyone switched the game off. They thought the Cavs had won. I mean, like, he goes up for a rebound, like, and uh, Draymond grabs him by the jersey, yanks him down to the ground as uh, as Kevin Durant extends his foot into Love's landing area the exact same way Zaza did to, to, to Kawhi. Love turns his ankle and can't get back on D. Right. And then, and then, like... Kyrie has to foul to stop to, to stop the game so they can get him off the floor, which puts which puts Durant on the line for two. But the, the Cavs are still up by four at that point, you know. But you know, the, instead of Draymond getting getting taken out because he had already had five fouls at that point, and Love going and they were in the they were in the penalty, so Love going up for two free throws, you know, it was like a four point swing that yeah, removed the wrong player from the floor, right? Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's like, fine, like, you can say that the refs missed the call or whatever, but, like, this was a pretty badly blown call, and it, it it's gotten zero play. That's the thing that I don't... It's, it was literally a horribly blown call. It was the entire game, and nobody's mentioned it. It's not getting Zapruder filmed like the alleged uh, double trouble by Steph Curry which people have been like I mean, slow motioning and reverse angling I, and... I, I think there's some stuff like when they call travel is weird to me right like we were talking about this earlier like I, I, I mean the Warriors haven't been that dominant in the finals like two years ago the Cavs were nine minutes out of winning the finals with no love going in right at the end of regulation in game one like I think it's Clay Thompson just jumps on on Mozgov's back Right when he's going up for a shot, it's very clearly fouled. Right, he should go to the line and basically end the game right there. Instead, they call travel on Mozgov. Cavs get a stop, but it's tied, and then they just bust Kyrie's knee in overtime. Like, and then the Cavs still go up two one, and then you know they have no staff though, right? Like when <laughs> they have like no rotation, it's literally six players. So I mean, but they were still nine minutes out of winning the title. Yeah. Like, so it's not like that. Like the, the Warriors before this year hadn't actually played against the Cavs at full strength. Even last year, Kyrie was still recovering from injury and, and Love was concussed. But. When, when is when is uh, game four? Tomorrow. It's tomorrow, Friday night. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't, I mean, look, the Warriors are a great team. I'm not trying to, like, take any. The thing, actually, the thing that makes me sad is that they're so good on offense, right? Like, I really think that they're beautiful to watch on offense. I think that Steph Curry might go down in history as the greatest player of all time. Like, I think these are things I really think. The fact that they play so dirty makes me it makes me really upset because but, like but they, you don't you don't think the idea of them playing dirty just comes from them playing such a fast paced game that it gets physic like people get physically sloppy and out of position trying to defend I them. I watch a lot of basketball. All stars don't get literally taken out of the playoffs by anybody else but them. They do it every series. Okay. I mean, seriously, think about it. Like. They just pull, like they I mean, busted again, Kyrie's I would, kneecap again, for nine I, months. I, I would point Concussed to I would point to Dellavedova last year as a dirty okay, two player. Years, two years ago. Two years ago. All right. First of all, like, I actually I thought Dellavedova actually had a complete, completely 
It, it, it's thing is like you could you could take this route you want, right? Yeah. It was one play, okay. Yeah. And he took out Kyle, who's one of my favorite players, who's a Cav now, okay. He he dove for the ball, right? The the criticism was he he rolled onto his stomach, which is what twisted Kyle's legs, right? But Dove Dova said I was like falling as falling the ball. If I don't twist my onto my stomach, I will lose the ball, right? right? The objective is to get the ball, okay? And they didn't even call a foul on it, right? <laughs> Because he didn't, but like it's it's bad that it was an outcome was bad. But like if you're concussing Love, busting Kyrie's knee, crippling Kawhi, but crippling Love like last yeah, the night. Kawhi, the, Kawhi, the Kawhi play is just hard to stomach. The Kawhi play is absolutely hard. They to do it every series. Like and you can't be like, oh, they're just playing hard. Anderson Verichow played hard his entire career. I can't I can't think of any time he injured somebody. He pissed off. Uh, Ray Allen to the point that he punched him in the nuts that one time. I got the, like, do you remember this? Ray Allen, Sportsmanship Award winning Ray Allen literally punched Anderson Barajow in the nuts in a regular season game because he was so mad. But like, people thought he was a dirty player. I've never seen Manu Ginobili injure someone. Okay, like, Shane Battier had a, had a, had a reputation for being a cagey defender. When was the last time he injured somebody? These guys are actually, they're constantly... Debate club. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm serious. They injure people every series, like severely injure them. Like, I, I don't know. Like people say, like it's because Kerr came out from under Popovich and learned every dirty trick, you know. <laughs> like, and it's true. Like, Popovich is my favorite coach, and I mean, he did dehydrate LeBron into not being able to play in the fourth quarter that one game. That was awesome. When I liked the Spurs instead of the cat, uh, instead <laughs> of the. Do you remember this? He had them turn off the air conditioning and then LeBron dehydrated and couldn't play the fourth quarter because he got like, he got like salt cramps or whatever. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. But like, you, you know, it, the point was like, well, you know, if you were well conditioned like these other guys that are international players, just keep playing. But he, but I guess he got the scout that LeBron is like highly susceptible to dehydration. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, because people, they criticize a Popovich comment because I guess Bruce Bowen was a very, very notorious, you know, deadly defender in the same way that Zaza is. But, you know, it's it's hard, it's hard to stomach because, but I, because I do think Durant did gonna, the same thing that Zaza but did. But I do think that if you're going to contest plays and you're going to be, like, very physical he extended with- his leg into Love's landing area while Draymond pulled him to the ground by his jersey. And you think they coordinated that? I think that I have no idea what goes on in in practice. Based on the commentators talking about what goes on in practice, they're like, everybody practices this drill every practice. I'm like, I didn't know that, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what they're coordinating. Sure. I will sure. just just bring it back to Magic. Uh, I have it on pretty good account that some pretty famous Magic the Gathering players who were well known for both their many top eights and other things. Literally in in super team, uh, well, the rest of a super team, an actual super team, uh, which included other Hall of Famers, were playtesting matches, were in a different room themselves just practicing cheats and sleight of hand with each other. And it was just ignored by the rest of the team. They're like, yes, this is actually going on. And I'd heard this from multiple, like, so I don't know what it goes on in, in certain people's playtest sessions. Like, I, I don't know. They're like, oh, what if you did this? Like, Way to awkwardly bring us back to magic. I mean, you've heard this, right? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Brian, Brian's face as is, as he claims you don't know. I have no idea. What you're is that he about. knows? Okay, so I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to. I think they play too hard on defense. It's, it's, I'm not saying like they play too enthusiastic. I think that like LeBron plays hard. Who's he injuring? Right? 
Sure. Like people say, oh, yeah, LeBron. Every, but the thing is, like, the ball dominant players all travel according to like Naismith rules, right? But the, right. they don't call that in the NBA. They call yeah. it when it's convenient, right? Yeah. Like, is it for it's convenient for television or something? But they don't really call it. And you know, people say like LeBron, LeBron commits a lot of offensive fouls. It's the other thing, right? Like he throws a lot of elbows, whatever. I think I get, which is not to justify that you that calls should be going wrong at all. But I think that if they got any calls on LeBron when he's being defended right ever, he just wouldn't play that way. Good example is in game one, JaVale McGee flagrant fouls LeBron. Like actual flagrant, on the replay, they're like, this is clearly a flagrant foul. It's not on the it's not on the ball. He should probably be ejected, right? He jumps on LeBron, hits him on both shoulders and across his head with his JaVale McGee's a big guy. And, with, and no, and LeBron kept going up. And LeBron and the thing is and Mark Jackson said, LeBron is super strong, so he still landed the layup. Yeah. So they're not even calling anything. This is a flagrant foul. He should probably be ejected, right? Right. But the thing is, the same with, like, you know, Shaq said the same thing. The guys who are strong, who get inside, getting fouled horribly constantly, and because they're strong enough to make the basket, never get the benefit of the actual whistles they should be getting. So the only their only defense is to get guys off of them, right? So does he commit, like, does he throw a lot of elbows? Yeah, probably. I think that if you just had a ratio of how many egregious elbows he throws relative to how often he's fouled by every single team when he goes into the basket, it would be very much in his favor. I'm sure he would gladly be like, I will... I will be less aggressive with my right shoulder in exchange for not getting hacked on every play, you know? But, you know, that's I think it's just the defense mechanism he builds. I mean, it's wrong in both cases. I, I would just, I agree. Call him along LeBron. He'll stop as soon as he's, <laughs> I mean, has anyone ever gotten James Harden in the paint correctly called? The dude hooks your arm as he goes up for a layup so that he gets a foul call, like on every play. and. The referees of the National Basketball Association have somehow, after all these years, still not noticed. As like the exasperated defender is like, he grabbed my arm. They I didn't must touch not him. be on Twitter. I, you know what I'm talking about, I right? Do. Harden does it every play. I mean, it's amazing that Harden has this level of coordination, right? But like, I don't. I I I think that they should just not have human human refs. I don't know how you. I don't know that we're at the point where you could have. We have a computer that can beat a go master 100 percent of the time. You know, I mean, we can evaluate like whether or not somebody touched somebody else. Well, I mean, if you're going to make it as simple as that, right? Like, there's there's a lot of intent. And well, they want it. The thing is, I think that they just want to alter the tension for games, right? Like, it's obvious. Like, just anyone who's watched the finals the last three years, right? Uh, which I don't think. I watch the finals every year, but I, you know, I, I don't really think in all of like the Heat versus Spurs or Heat versus OKC matches it was like this as much. They're just like, they're so physical in the paint, and like I, I, I came to realize something. I think Kerr is just Kerr and Brown have just badly outcoached the Cavs. And I think the Cavs can just probably make some small tweaks, and I'm not saying they're going to be as good as the Warriors next year, but they'll be able to catch up on this factor. Popovich, as usual, was ahead of the game, right? So Popovich is like, okay, I invented taking all the corner threes, right? But now everybody does it. So I'm just going to recruit LaMarcus Aldridge, and I'm going to bring back long twos. The Warriors figured out that in the finals, the refs just let you foul, like, just let you foul the bejesus out of somebody else so as long as you're in the paint, right? So the cast of these A-plus post players like Tristan Thompson and Kevin, like, I don't know if you noticed, but Tristan Thompson, who's destroyed literally every opposing center he's played against all year, can't even get on the floor now, right? And the reason is he only, he only plays inside. 
where they just hit him with like six elbows and he can't score. The thing is they just let everybody do it and I, I don't think that that's so much a thing that makes up it so the Warriors are so dirty. They probably would let the Cavs do it, but the Warriors figured out to just take like 15 foot twos and nobody's gonna hack them, right? And they just that they just created that as a dimension of their game. The Cavs play like rational 2017 basketball, which is all inside and three-pointers, so you just take away all their inside game by fouls. If the Warriors tried to play this, you know, they'd probably let the Cavs foul them as much too, but it's just not, like the Warriors just figured out, like, it, we're way more effective if we just take uncontested 12-foot shots. And so they just developed a personnel that could do that. The Cavs don't have that personnel. Um, but that's like, that's so meta. That's just like, our expectation is, this, this strategy sucks until you get to the finals. But once you get to the finals, they let you foul as much as you want, as long as you're in the painted area. Let's 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 develop personnel that just take twelve footers. Well, I mean, it's it's actually probably a reasonable assumption. Great, it's probably you know? a reasonable assumption to make, right? Like, you're just going to assume that they just want the games to be fast-paced and exciting for TV because they're going to have their largest audience. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have a national audience for all the games, international audience for all the games. They're like. You know Did what? You remember in 13, Just let him play. When uh, the Spurs were up by like some insane amount, like nine, with like six seconds to go in Miami, but then they they uh, Popovich made his like one bad coaching call ever where they didn't foul to to change possession, yeah, right? Yeah. And then on the last play, Ginobili goes up and he's like li- he's fouled like probably 20 times going to the basket, and then like the best thing anyone can say is like they could have called travel on him. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like Ray Allen was like. <laughs> It's like grabbing on his leg, you know? But they just don't call... It's the same reason why Kyrie got injured in Game 1 in 2015. LeBron and Kyrie, look, well, we can't drive. They're, like, they're going to foul us, and nothing is going to come of it, right? So we're just going to take a random two and hope it goes what's in. Your, what's your prediction for the remainder of this series? Like, Is Cleveland going to get a game? Uh, I mean, I think they should have gotten last night. I mean, I think um, if it was called correctly, they would have gotten last sure. night, right? But, but are, I mean, so is, is linearly, this, are we going to see the 16-0, or are we not? No, nah, I, I, so linearly, the cat. I mean, here's it depends. I, I actually, I can't answer this. LeBron said he was exhausted mentally after the game last night. If LeBron gave up, then we're done, right? That's, and I don't, and I, I wouldn't fault him, right? Yeah. They had an insane run to the finals, and making the finals every single year is hardly a disappointment for most teams, right? And the, to the degree to which the Warriors had to improve to be... Like, like I said, if you just took Durant out of the equation, it looks to me like the Cavs would be winning by 20 every night right now. Right? It's like, the Cavs didn't do anything wrong. The, the thing that they did wrong was they didn't have a spare $25 million to give to Kevin Durant this year. Right? Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the extent of what they did wrong. And so here's my idea. Um, Gordon Hayward goes up for, for restricted free agent this year. Yeah. All right, so... Cavs just offer him whatever they can give him, which might be, like, loser's bonus or whatever. Like, nothing. Like, $800,000, right? Which sucks, because Gordon Hayward is a max contract all-star. But, I don't know if you recall, the reason that Gordon Hayward can go up as a free agent this year is because he didn't make All-NBA, right? So the pitch is, LeBron's just like, listen, white shooting guard. I'll get you a shoe deal. Come play over here, and me and Kyrie are going to dish you so much... <laughs> You're at least going to make third team, okay? If you make third team, billionaire Dan will ship you $200 million, okay? That's the deal, right? So Jordan Taylor has to take E. Crow for one year, and he gets a $200 million deal. But think about that, right? Then the Cavs starting lineup is they'll have all-stars in five positions, right? It'll be, well, I mean, I guess you can't really count Tristan because he's not an actual all-star, even though he's better than almost everybody in the league. Like, I think that would, 
you know, that changes the dimension of the team, right? Like, I don't know what else you could do. Yeah. I mean, you certainly see, like, I mean, in in football, like, yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. makes, is, like, the highest paid athlete in terms of, like, highest paid player in his position in terms of sponsorship deals, but it's still, like, on his rookie contract. Yeah. Like, he's making nothing playing in the NFL, but he's yeah. making a fortune. It, it, I think so you could, you could actually do something like that. It, you know, it's, it, I... I'm still of two minds about the Warriors. Like, I, I, in one hand, I really don't want to take anything away from them in the sense that, like, I'm happy. If, in almost any other circumstance, I'd be happy for Durant to come right. out like oh, this, yeah. right? And in most other circumstances, I mean, like, I think Seth Curry. I think longtime might, listeners of the podcast will know that I've been a fan of Durant yeah. since day one. And the other thing is, like, I think Seth They may Curry, also remember that you were not as big a fan. I think he's soft. <laughs> right? Like. I mean, this is the definition of soft. Let me just go join four <laughs> of the ten best players in the league. Like, we'll play the all-star team. That's literally the that, definition of soft. But how is that different than what LeBron did with uh, Miami? He didn't. Okay, if you think that Chris Bosh is on the same <laughs> level as the guys that... Uh. <laughs> All right, we have Chris Bosh and Birdman. <laughs> they didn't even have Shane Batty in the first year. Like, he just played with his friends. By, by the way, so I'm watching some, some NBA pregame show you know before when and they had Mike Miller on and Mike Miller always comes off as this like super hard guy on the court <laughs> he's like the goofiest fuck ever but look at him he's like 17 feet tall gangly he is like a caucasoid. goofy yeah he's just like this he's just super, covered in tats he's just this super goofy dude great three point shooter until yeah. he came to Cleveland <laughs> So here's here's my thing. I'm pretty sure that I'm right about Gordon Hayward's uh, uh, his his free agency this year. So what do you think about that? Because you, you can only obtain Jimmy Butler by I think I think you can trade. I think you can you know really go one step further towards New York Knicks Central, and I'm sure we can work something out to get Carmelo. Okay, I don't. I want an All Star <laughs> caliber play. But there's I don't want a the horrible Shut up, locker room cancer. <laughs> Is that what I'm but, going for? But, you thought JR was a locker room cancer before you got him? Yeah, LeBron literally said your new personality is this. <laughs> I think a part of it is, okay, there's all the excuses you want to make. Our team's obviously distracted. JR had a kid in in the NICU for five months, right? Like, of course he's not playing his best, you know? But, you know, she came home and he finally had a good shooting night. I think, like, one of the things I don't think they'll get swept, partly because the Cavs haven't had a good shooting night. They're the deadliest three-point team almost in history. Actually, in history, right? They, they have every record. Um, I mean, they don't have Curry's individual record for, for three-pointers in a season, but they own most most three-pointers first and second for playoff games and, and regular season games. Like, they, what other team has put up 75 points from three? <laughs> They're it, okay? Like... So, I think we've gone over the prescribed no basketball. I said no basketball. You insisted <laughs> on talking about it. I was talking about I was talking about it tangentially. Anyway, I have no idea what people practice. I'm sure that Popovich has got like the black book days where maybe like only the trusted inner circle is allowed to come to practice that day. I mean, if, if Iverson were on a team, he'd be like, practice? We're talking, he, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't learn about it. Have you seen the movie Get Out? I have not seen it yet. I watched it last week. Um, Matt Sperling said he saw Get Out and Logan in the same weekend when they came out. He said, if you haven't seen these movies yet, instead of going to Logan, just go to Get Out twice. <laughs> Get Out was good. Yeah. But everyone says how good it is. Um, I think that's, I hate it when people are like telling me that Arrival is the greatest movie ever. Yeah. Because maybe I would have come to the conclusion that Arrival was a really good movie. But like the whole night. Instead, oh you're God. just looking for reasons to argue with them. 
I mean, instead of just like, oh my gosh, Arrival's so good. I'm so jealous of you because you haven't seen it yet. Oh, I can't wait. We're about to go to Arrival. This is the sixth time I'm seeing it. It's the best movie. And you're just like, okay, you're calibrating me so high. It's almost impossible for me to enjoy the movie at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Because unless it's like, you know, Citizen Kane squared, it's not going to be up to the standards of whatever the hell you were just blabbering about. Yeah, we're going to go see, uh, we're going to see Wonder Woman this weekend. Which I haven't seen. Catherine yet. loved Wonder Woman and would not shut up. And you? What do you want me to say? She came to superhero. She's come to two superhero movies with me this year. She saw Guardians too. Also, yeah, I haven't seen Guardians two yet either. I was sick. It's well, been Guardians. out for like two months, dude. I was sick for like two months. It felt like. Uh, or I was traveling. Well, I was. So I was traveling for a bunch of the weeks, and I wasn't allowed to see it while I was at like the PTGP certain thing. Because Carla aren't wanted you to see not it. Not traveling all during the week. Well, no, because a couple of them it was like a multiple week. Trip. All right. So I liked Guardians two a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I would rank it. It's certainly better than Doctor Strange. All right. So you know my okay. friend Paul. Who yeah, argued, bitch. Yeah, who you've argued with about comics extensively. Well, he has a terrible opinion on Watchmen. Or okay. Whatever. He has Wonder Woman. Uh, above Winter Soldier right now. That's insane. Okay. Okay. That is insane. All right. Like, I liked Wonder Woman too. All right. But the movie has so many glaring plot holes, you can't put it above Winter. Winter Soldier is like close to the best ever. Right. I agree. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, so I can't argue. So I, I don't want to spoil. It's just don't yeah don't spoil. I liked it. I, I, We're gonna spoil. So like, anything anything you ask me is just gonna make it seem like I. It's just like how do I feel about the finals? I think Golden State is like super overrated for these reasons, right? Like <laughs> they've never beaten a healthy team, and like like because oh man they're so strong. They're the, literally their playoff run this year was against the 41 and 41 Portland Trail Blazers, and then when it looked like they were gonna lose to the Spurs, they just crippled their All Star. Look, that's not an impressive run. Like, like, no, but the thing is, but history is never gonna notice. If they, if like, if you know, God forbid they go 16 and 0, that's gonna be the only thing anyone ever remembers, right? Yes. I mean, like people, like it's insane to me that people think that LeBron is soft somehow. He's the only person ever who beat a 73 win team. Good luck beating that record, right? He's yeah. the only person ever who came back from 3-1. Yeah. He's going to go to the finals eight years in a row. I don't know I know what's going to stop him from doing that, which puts him at alone, right? It's a Celtics were at seven, right? But he'll be at eight. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but well, we were talking about Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman. So anything I say is just going to sound like I don't like it, liked it right? But, like, it's, how could it be better so than Winter So put it in a tier of Marvel movies. So, like, there's the there's the... Captain the America. Best DC There's the Captain America. What's the best one? Dark Knight. Oh, okay, sure. But it's the best one of the new DC <laughs> cinematic. <laughs> I mean, if your bar is, I didn't want to claw my eyes out afterwards. Like, it's not a hard bar, right? Uh, let me think. What so there's like the, there's, the, there's the first Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Tier. So okay, so Marvel movies number one overall is Avengers, right? I I, I like Winter Soldier better. I think Winter Soldier is close to number. I think I think that Avengers for its moment is the best, right? Like it's the first time anything like this had ever been done, or at least executed successfully. <clears throat> yeah, I still like Winter Soldier better. I think Winter Soldier is the reason I love Winter Soldier so much is it's not a good superhero movie; it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, like, I know you don't, and I know you don't follow wrestling, right? But there's this character called Alexa Bliss. I don't know if you've heard, heard her better at all. She's the current Raw Women's Champion, so, which is one of the two main knights of wrestling. Yeah. She's five feet tall and less than a hundred pounds, and like she's a villain. She's five feet tall, less than a hundred pounds, and like I'm at the point where I'm like, 
I've never said this before. Because like they, the, male and female wrestling is very segregated. Like you're like, yeah. this is female wrestling, this is male wrestling. I think she's just my favorite wrestler, right? Which is like, which is weird. She can't physically execute the levels of, of athleticism that the male wrestlers can, but her character is so great. She's, I think you or I could, she's a ex-professional bodybuilder, right? You or I could easily just kill her, right? Because she's five feet tall. I'm gonna just assume I can't. Okay, she's five feet tall and less than 100 pounds, okay? Like, but you believe she would just kill, and she's just, she plays so well, you know? And like, that's part, that's part of it even more than I think. So, so I think like Winter Soldier is a good movie. It's not a good superhero movie. Well, it's my favorite, it's my favorite. I, I mean, I think the idea that Wonder Woman is better than Winter Soldier is not true. Okay. okay. Winter Soldier has, in my in my recollection, I haven't seen it for quite like quite some time. Is a movie with it's not which is not to say that it's perfect in every way, but it's a movie that, to my recollection, has no flaws. Okay. Right. Right. Um, Wonder Woman has many flaws. Right. Okay. So I think even just by definition, then that it's you're at least asking a different thing. So the question you have to have is. If that's the case, its scale has to be so much better. It's the only way that if you know one has flaws and one doesn't, its scale has to be so much grander to escape that. I think there has so many unanswered questions. But the thing is, like, you can just not ask the questions and it's fine, right? But if you start comparing it to a movie as perfect as as Winter Soldier, then you have no choice but to to start pulling these things out. And I don't want to. I like okay. the movie. Okay. Okay. All right. Like, it's not- I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see it. Tomorrow night. I mean, our, my family's consensus was it's probably better than Guardians 2. Right. Okay. Which is high praise. We liked Guardians 2. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I would easily say that it's better than the following films. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Thor The Dark World. Iron Man 3. <laughs> you know, some people think Iron Man 3 is great. I, I, I didn't love Iron Man 3. It, Hulk. <laughs> you know? Um... I think it's probably better than Thor. Yeah. But it's it's not better than Winter Soldier. Okay. You like how much more do you like Winter Soldier than Days of Future Past? They came out at the same time. Uh, a lot more. A lot more. I think Days of Future Past is awesome. I like Days of Future Past. I have I have, I have some some quibbles with how it's executed. Oh, I, I figure you just have that thing with the actual Days of Future Past. Right? Yeah, yeah. I hate Bishop too. All right. I just hate Bishop as a character. I just like I, I hate that whole I totally respect, 90s era of uh, mutants. I totally respect your biases on this. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, if, if we didn't love things and feel passionately about them, it wouldn't be worth talking yeah, yeah. about. So you can have whatever irrational opinion you want. <laughs> it's like, it's just... It's I think fun. it's a fine movie. I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's great. I, I, mean, think, I, I think there's a bunch of stuff in it that's just like... I think there's, like, like what you just said, I think there's a lot of glaring flaws in it in terms of, like... Uh, it's, it's, I mean, time travel movies by definition. Have yeah, movies. but like, there's no reason for this time. I mean, whatever. I don't want to get bogged down in nerd, in nerd. Really? What? <laughs> oh, because we're so, we're so highbrow on the, yes. this podcast. Yeah. Well, you know. All right. Let's, let's talk about some magic. Brad Nelson's Uvenwald Hydra deck. I liked it. <laughs> uh, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this standard. Like, I feel like there's some PPTQs coming up like two weeks from now. Yeah. I think I just like I told Roman, just give me your stupid. Team or Marvel deck. I guess I can win. Just, what, Roman's, 17? Roman's buddy, top Hunter eight Cochran, eight. top eighted with Team of Marvel. Roman's qualified for the RPT right now. Yeah. He won a Mardu tournament a few weeks ago. A Mardu tournament? Yeah. But I say a Mardu tournament because, like, he played Mardu and he played against zero good decks because it was yeah. before the Pro Tour. Like, it was the new cards were legal. Yeah. But nobody had good decks. Sure, so sure. he just played against, like, a bunch of boffos. Yeah. 
and just destroyed them all with like Mardu. The thing that was interesting to me this past week about Standard was just kind of like seeing the sort of ebb and flow of certain decks. Like, so like two weeks ago, or maybe it was three weeks, whatever it was in Montreal, the week after the Pro Tour, suddenly Mono Black Zombies was just a terrible deck. Yeah, because, what happened? So like all the Team of Marvel decks were running both Chandra and running um, Sweltering Suns, card yeah. we had talked about a lot going into the Pro Tour. And like, so they were just like, they just had like eight different ways to just like sweep a sweep zombie board. Sweep some guys. Um, but as, but since Montreal with Etherworks and Marvel becoming more and more dominant, people just started switching up their teamer decks away from Flamecaller towards Torch of Defiance, yeah. towards Sensor. And you know what I mean? Like, zombies like, is good again. And then zombies, zombies was pretty good last week. Like, I think Zombies might be good this week. Even. So I, I like black-white zombies as a concept a lot. Well, this was, I mean, people were just playing the mono-black version. They were, like, the, the there were people who were just not even playing any removal main deck. They were just playing trans, more transgress main, and all their removal was in the sideboard. I mean, maybe that's not crazy. I mean, the dominant... It didn't seem that crazy. Is it possible that Sean McLaren's, like, not-fast-black-green deck is, like, the format-breaking strategy? It's the closest to the format-breaking strategy we've seen. That right? seems great. With Lucas Blohan winning in Amsterdam. It's just, like... And also Sam Party making the finals with, just, with that deck in uh, in Omaha. It's weird to me that Decentra's Deliverance is, like, that's it, right? Like... We're just gonna play a disenchant instead of a terror, and now, now it's like, it's like old school magic. Yeah, but like now I'm a genius. There's disenchant instead of terror in my deck. It's like Meriden Block. <laughs> like it's because this deck is like thoroughly unremarkable. Besides the fact well, that I, he I has, think, I think the uh, the idea is it's just play the way it was described to me by the guys who were playing the deck in Omaha was that it's like, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but just can say anything's within five to ten percent of what I'm saying, like. You're, it's actually quite a quite a range. <laughs> well, whatever, but like you're thirty percent to have uh, Etherworks Marvel on turn four yeah. in a Marvel deck, and then from there, thirty-five percent or twenty-something percent, somewhere I don't remember the to exact have sufficient numbers. Energy. To, 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 no, to be to hit an Ulamog. Yeah. Right, and so if you don't hit an Ulamog, you can just kill. You know, so that you know that's not 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 as devastating to just get hit on turn four with an Olamog, it's not as likely as, you know, it would seem anecdotally. So the idea is that you could just Descenders Deliverance, the Marvel, set them back far enough, and as long as you have pressure coming in under that turn, man. you know, it's uh, it's a really good deck I'm choice. just saying it's weird that that is the thing that makes some, that's the format-breaking thing, right? It's not like a gnarled mass. I mean, like <laughs> a real format-breaking card. Um, I don't know, man, like... What do you think about the deck for that one Manila? Just the blue-white flash deck? Miserable. Mis why? Like, I've generally... So, I guess... Was it Kaladesh, the first one of this block? Kaladesh and then Aether Revolt? Yeah. I think, like, Kaladesh comes, Shadow wins, and, like, I thought that Standard was... It looked interesting for a while, right? right. Like... Like, maybe there's going to be a... Because of the finals decks and the Marvel decks at the time, I thought, like, oh, man, this standard is going to be a diverse standard where, like, Fevered Visions is going to be one of the key cards and people just haven't figured that out yet. And then, you know, there's tower decks and there's just... But then it just devolved into blue-white flash, which I think is... Of all the decks that people complain about, Copycat, Marvel currently, 
no people really mar- don't really complain about Marty. They probably should have. <laughs> like, you know, like nobody's really, oh yeah, Black Green's an abusive deck. It's not an abusive deck. It's like if if one of these decks is going to be the dominant deck, I guess that would be the one that my is my preference. It's not right. disgusting, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the blue white flash deck is my least favorite out of all of them. It's so not fun to play against. Like I don't care if a deck is good. Okay. You think that's less fun to play against than Marvel? Yeah. Are you kidding? You see, your opponent goes like thing, like whatever it is, like a. I don't know. I'm gonna say Smuggler's Copter, but it doesn't matter. Whatever. I mean, they, so they have the, the deck that won. No, no. Let, I'm just explain this to you, right? Like I'm just talking about for histor- historically, not just this past weekend. But you're just like, are you this thing? And your only crime in life is you went second, right? And then their guy that they play is Selfless Spirit now, right? So they're already putting you halfway on tilt. And you go to do anything, and then their play sequence is just a combination of rattle chains and spell quellers. I, this, I know the second doesn't have rattle chains. Yeah. But it's just like rattle chains and spell... And the gate and spell queller is less offensive. But, like, just rattle chains and spell quellers. So they're just adding more power and just undoing whatever you're doing and like the only thing you did wrong in life is that you went second like and you just never get to play and then and then the other thing is like it was I mean, a pretty a lot of match i mean if you're like green black versus black mono black zombies it, boy let me tell you something going first seems huge yeah like and it was also like a crappy deck to play against with their gideons i hated that like i feel like it's weird to me because gideon had been around for a year like i i always respected it as a card but i never felt like Gideon was like this unstoppable force when it was played in Abzan or is that you? That's me. Wait, is that you and Carla? Yeah. How old were you? Like 10? <laughs> My buddy Paul just sent me pictures of uh, he's like old pictures have been found. Alright, so, so like but then I don't know, some like when when all the when all the good cards rotated, like I mean like den protectors and was it M15? Was that the set? Oh, Magic Origins, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, all the fun, good cards, like, rotated, then, like, suddenly Gideon... Jace Friends Prodigy. Was a f- I thought it was a fun... I love Jace. Then, all of a sudden, Gideon became this unbeatable card, right? Like, which was weird. Like, it, it, had, it wasn't unbeatable for the previous. It was a good card, but, like, now, now no one can ever beat it, right? Like, and so, I don't know, I just thought that was... Like, it's just magic to... I, I don't... It just took a wrong turn when Kaladesh came... And I just, I don't know how we can get back on the right path. Everything that seems like there's a change just makes for a different combination of miserable. Like, like I I used to love playing, Stan- I used to play FNM every week, you know? Like, I used to love playing standard. It's just, like, I own, I own decks. I just don't, I don't like playing. Right? It's just not fun, right? It, which is... Which is, you know, like, I've lived through all these formats, like, with Vile Affinity and Fairies, and it never, I hate it, you know, long-time listeners know, I think Bitter Blossom is the biggest failure in the history of, of development, right? still think that's probably the case. But, like, I still played all the time, you know? And I, I, I'm so, I feel so disincentivized to play, like, I feel like it doesn't matter how well you play. Which is obviously not true because Brad, Brad can win. Like, but I think that the impact of your preparation and the cleverness of your decks and stuff is just nil right now. That's. Uh, did you decide if you were going to go to Vegas? Well, I didn't decide yes yet, so I'm probably not going to go. Okay. It's six days from now, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> It'd be interesting to see, you know, legacy get played. I'm really curious to see what the impact of banning Sensei's Dividing Top 
has on you know you know a bunch of decks that want to cast one drops. <laughs> you know. uh, yeah, I mean, I think Legacy is a weird format. Like I remember back in the day when it was just like one Legacy tournament a year, right? Yeah. Like, and then like Steve won one, and then yeah. I don't even remember Ridiculous had had like some unplayable cycling based deck, right, to make top eight, and like Pakula with like some radically underpowered black white weenie deck made the finals of dead guy l yeah so like basically like when there was only one tournament a year like i mean the flash deck was awesome right but for the most part it was just garbage right like and the legacy community would come up and be like oh no we have dragons their decks were all like 100 percent awful otherwise they would have been dominating the one the one tournament a year and (laughs) none of them ever did well okay so uh but then like it became this format because you know in order to sell copies of Candelabra of Thanos, I assume. <laughs> like it became like it's like, oh man, we could big really, big Candelabra was in on it. <laughs> we could really get we could really get wasteland, which used to be a five dollar card to like can sixty just, bucks. Can we just call Star City Games Big Candelabra from yeah. now well, on? Well, you know, like, seriously, like, I bought I bought all my wastelands for like a dollar. They became like sixty bucks. This was a legacy tournament, yeah. literally every weekend, right? So then it's like, all right, then it became it just evolved in the thing. And I remember talking to people like Jerry and Todd who were like doing well in them all the time. I'm like, these decks all stink. And and Jerry and Todd were like, yeah, we just kind of have a gentleman's agreement not to play real decks. And I'm like, really? I was like, yeah, you know, I can just make top eight with this green white deck. Why should I modify my deck? I'm like, that's really your thesis? And you're like, yeah, like you don't have to try. They're all noobs, right? Like, and I'm like, that was weird to me. Cause, and so it was weird to me that like these decks that like made no sense that they would be able to compete in formats with like broken combo decks. Like the Maverick deck was like offensive to me that it was it would ever do well, right? You know, it wasn't doing well. And then, but then at some point, like this, the hive mind just decided that it was just going to be a miracles format, right? I don't think in equilibrium it had to be a miracles format. I think it's just like. I think that it, it it changed because it was stopped being every week and it became much more periodic. So, it, so it was different than like ten years ago. Ten years ago it was just one tournament a week. I'm sorry, one tournament a year. And so, like, whatever a good player showed up with was by definition the best deck. And then it was just like, all right, whatever we remember to be the last good deck was the was the best deck, and that's what happened. You know, like, I don't I don't think that it you know. Like, if you were Tom Ross, you were unbeatable with Infect. Just like you are in every format, you know? I don't know. But, but you, so you don't, think, you don't think any changes to the format based on top being banned? Well, they banned half of the <laughs> number one deck. I okay. got to assume that there's going to be some changes there. I mean, what, what, are you expecting, what are you expecting the format to look like? I would have played an Eidolon of the Great Rebel deck. Obvious, obviously, obviously, you're going to burn things. I think that Storm Combo is probably going to do disproportionately well because its main enemy has just got crippled. I would assume Elves has got to be a, a huge uh, Elves p- pick up pick up a huge amount of equity based on uh, top being gone. Elves is a Storm Combo deck. Oh, it's a Storm. Co- you're saying? Yeah, a Storm Combo deck is like a deck that just plays all their stuff and then casts okay. one spell. Okay. I think of a storm combo deck. I think of John. Yeah, you know, I think of Metamorphos and I mean like Ponder you, and that I mean kind of it, stuff. there's like in terms of things that actually have the storm mechanic, there are yeah. a bunch of there's like a bunch of different kinds of storm sure, combo sure, decks, sure. right? There's red blue ones, there's black based yeah, ones, yeah, right? Yeah. But like Elves is like a it's a storm combo. Yeah, yeah. You just like play all this material that's exactly the same and then cast one big spell that's based on the based on the critical mass of your other cards. No, nothing good ever came out of storm, huh? What do you mean nothing good? I mean, it's just like such a... 
it's just like always like this like the terminus of it is always just like something awful fourth turn crater of behemoth uh, yeah that's what they do now yeah i like that i like a crater of behemoth um yeah it's exciting yeah modern also this is coming up we this next weekend at uh in vegas what are you what are you expecting there uh for for big wins yeah and my expectation would be uh some sort of uh uh devoted druid deck or grixis death shadow actually oh, there's like three three different playable death shadow decks right now i think grixis is probably the best one if i were playing why, I, why? yeah it's, it's blue <laughs> Okay. Why doesn't Death Shadow get played in Legacy? Is it just because of swords? Just because you get to go two for one on Death Shadow with the swords the plowshares? Death Shadow's a weird card. I think like, it seems like it should be really good in Legacy too, right? But Death Shadow. Well, here's there's a couple of stuff going on, right? One of them is Death Shadow scales disproportionately in its efficacy based on how bad your opponent is, right? Like it, it's it's one of the few cards that literally it's its value is really really variable if your opponent is not good right so it's all it's always potentially hyper efficient because it could be very big for a small amount of mana but just a player who's not sequencing very well is just going to give you bonus points right versus a player who sequences very well might kill you right but it's just a question of what order they're casting their cards in if you just don't do anything and you make the death shadow guy drop his own life total then you can use the cards that were going to do the first 10 points to do the last 10 points you win that game now right okay so uh, i think a lot of death shadows death shadows but not, a, not every deck has 10 points of damage well to almost do. every deck is trying to deal damage to you sure but a lot of times they're trying to deal that damage on the ground and not necessarily trying to deal that damage well, through the cards in their hand look if you look at like the raptor jerry not T, trying to convert cards directly in hand to damage to face like death shadow deck from was it grand prix seattle months ago that deck is just the fastest jun deck it's just like just a regular jun deck but it's accelerated because it can get delirium i almost said threshold so fast just go like two cards into it traverse the uvenwald and then land a a tarmogoyf or dust shadow and then it only has to play two turns from there right it's just a like super fast jun deck but it's actually an inherently disruptible strategy, right? Like, they have a lot of discards, well, one-mana discard spells, but, like, you know, you peel a path or something, you, you set them back quite a bit, potentially. A card like, um, uh, what the heck's it called? White and One, RFG that thing, RFG everything with the same name, uh, Investigate. Declaration and Stone? Declaration and Stone. It's, like, disproportionately effective against that deck because it has only two slots of creatures and they all have the same name right so <laughs> so if you get in a standoff and they're like double goif you're like sweet um so like the, the thing is that kind of deck like i think really benefits from a very simple factoid that i think people don't think about very often which is that basically every competitive play like just really competitive player like people who follow coverage follow podcasts playing tournaments you know they're over-prepared for standard, right? Like, you, you play the first two cards in your deck, they could probably name your 75. Sure. Okay? Most players, even if they know the macro archetypes in modern, have no actual 
reps playing the format. Sure. Or or no reps playing the specific yeah, matchup the spe they're in. Yeah, the, the matchup they're in. So like, like when I say like if your opponent's bad, your death shot gets better. Like, like oh man, that card's good. You're it's good. You're damaging yourself. They just do the cards in the wrong order, and then you win, right? Like they did in the right order, you'd be you'd be fine, you know. Or their card selection is compromised because they're not thinking about the stuff that's actually occurring. Uh, I think one of the things that makes the Grixis version of Death Shadow disproportionately effective relative to the Jund versions is the Grixis version uses Tassiger as its fatty instead of Tarmogoyf. Well, if you use Tassiger instead of Tarmogoyf or Gurmagant, you know, something like that, like just a subtle thing, like you don't get spell snared. Right. Right? Like, and it might cost less. Like, you might go one mana, four or five, instead of two mana, four or five, with a dispel open, right? Like, you know, and the opponent goes to path, you dispel, and that's, you know. Another, another thing that I'm just thinking about in Legacy, I'm curious if anyone will do it, is, you know, we've seen Shadows of the Grave, new perspectives, obviously, in Standard. People have been trying that. But, like, you can actually fluctuate her in Legacy, and obviously, you're not going to be able to do the Shefford Monitor Engine. You're going to have to like actually play cards out of your hand to get that yeah. that mana. But like, is there something you could be doing in, in Modern where you're just going to be able to just go off on turn two? So what do you? All right, say that you are. What are you gonna? What are you gonna do with it? Well, that's the question. The question is what the payoff is, right? I mean, I guess you cycle into some Lotuses or something, some sort of free mana, yeah. and then yeah. cast a Storm Spell. I, yeah, I don't know if the storm spell is going to quite do it, but there there are cards that like uh, do damage equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard, right? I don't think you want to go in the direction that that your deck is disruptible, right? Like if your if your deck can be disrupted by like a force of will, okay, that's different than if your deck can't only be disrupted by a stifle, sure, right? Like, <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to hit enough spells to necessarily just go storm them out. I, I don't think there's any shortage of ways to kill people on the first or second turn in Legacy. Okay. Right? I'm so, just, thinking out, just thinking about stuff that's new that yeah. we haven't seen yet. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I I don't know. Sam Black at an Invitational a few years ago played like a Jeskai Ascendancy deck in Legacy. An incredibly convoluted, animating his own no. land Jeskai. And I, I was looking at this, I'm like, first of all, I'm happy for Sam. He did well, right? Made a new deck, which you know always makes Sam happy. It's great for coverage, great for the fans. But it, like, it's this three color, three casting cost, <laughs> like animate my own land combo deck. Real, like, is Sounds what like makes it smells suspiciously <laughs> like Griffin Canyon. What makes it so much better than like a two mana turn two killing deck? You know, like right. It's just a different goofy way to kill somebody that's not really interactive. You know. It, 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 I mean, he can showcase how clever he is. Like, that's cool. I got all respect to that, but I mean, just in terms of what output your deck is going to have, it's not it's not flatly better than, a, I don't know, a, a, a dredge deck, right? You know? yeah. Like, if you just want to be a jerk, you can just play... There's probably not enough graveyard. But if you're playing in a Grand Prix, you just want to be a jerk, right? If you're going to play in a Legacy Grand Prix... Don't you want to be a jerk? I don't mean like you want to be a jerk to your opponent, but I mean you just want to play the jerkiest deck possible. Yeah, maybe. I mean you don't you're not there to have fun, right? You're there to win money and qualify for the pro tour and establish your your beachhead on the content creators wharf, you know, you know, battlefront. 
I think I would just want to play Eidolons. <laughs> I think the card that's... The, but that's it. That's, that's you being jerky, right? I think like, that... Well, I mean, I think Dave Shields once said some number of players had less fun because I was in a tournament, right? Like, he's like, <laughs> watched by, he's like, so like, I realize you're doing pretty well. I just want you to know people had less fun because you were here. And I was just like, burn you for four, idiot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think, like, Legacy is a weird format because it's not played enough to... How, do you, how are you supposed to figure out what the best deck is? Yeah. Like the only, like, I think that they're like, whatever Goober actually just puts like who, a good player, like not just like you know, three, three, uh, you know, like in, completely like inbred kind of insular people playing by themselves are probably not gonna get to the right place. But you know, if you had like good players, the good distribution of expected decks, they could figure out like plus CV strategy maybe for, for one weekend but it's the format is so big you know yeah. and you're going to play against such a potentially wide variety I think you just like play whatever proactive deck you think you're going to maybe burns bad like I don't know if you if you win a lot of flips and you just land Eidolons you probably mess people sure. up and burns seems fine it's not the fastest seems like it might be a little better now also again a deck that benefits from I would have been fine playing. I know you've been fine. Miracles. But certainly, certainly, is a little easier without top around. It's it's not if you think that the removal of top is going to make the fast storm decks more. Common. Oh, interesting. So like, interesting. if top kept the, the decks that went on turn one from being as dominant, then now those guys are are gaining more more percentage. It's bad for burn. I also have to assume that like Chalice is going to be the big winner next week. Chalice of the Void. You know, I somehow managed to forget that card exists yeah. all the time, which is weird because <laughs> clearly exists. It's done well by me and by others for years. I, I mean, it's clearly the big winner from Sensei's Divine Top getting banned. Well, you know Legacy. who I think is a uh, is the big winner in multiple formats is Harsh Mentor. I think people just, they haven't scratched. You can't like sack Arcbound Ravager under it, right? Like think about all I mean, this. You can. Well, you're gonna get one damage. They're gonna get two. Right? Like, like this, this doesn't line up for you very well, right? Like, yeah. um, just stuff like that. You know, it really. It, it's first of all, it's asymmetrical. Like the big knocking against Eidolon is that it's it's symmetrical, right? So you, you know, they have these weird games where like you have to really worry about damaging yourself too much, right? But Harsh Mentor, like, it messes up people with Fetchlands, who's everybody, right? Messes up people with like Arcbound Ravager or Aether Vile. He's, like, he's just Eidolon five through eight. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to play so many two drops. That's sure. the thing. Like, I I don't know what the right balance is, but uh, but Steve Neal played one in his modern burn deck. I think a week or two ago. I think it's just the first of. It's. I think it. That guy's gonna be a thing in bigger yeah. formats. I, he's obviously not as big of a thing in standard. You don't have, like, these repetitive actions. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you were... I guess he's great against the copycat combo, right? Like, if you were going to sure. copy copycats, right? Like, it can... It'll kill, kill them yeah. well before... You're going to make finite cats this game. Really finite number <laughs> of cats, right? Like, three. Is it enough? Okay. <laughs> Is it what not? if I made 20? You would, be, you would be dead well before the 20th cat resolved. Um... I, I think modern, we're just going back to that for a second. I think living end is just going to be 
huge. Yeah, at but the it's GP. not fast. But the, but the the thing is, it's just gotten a lot better with like all the new cycling creatures. And apparently, oh, oh I'm sorry for modern. I for modern, no, yeah. no, for modern. And apparently, Archfiend of Ifnir is a cycling card. Yeah, it has cycling and is kind of like really bad for a lot of decks <coughs> post Living End that might want to try to recover. <laughs> like getting one of those. In play. I kind of like that. <laughs> Can't argue it's like, there. There's not a shortage of cycling cards in that deck to The thing is, like, that means. strategy is so bad against, like, Starremand, you know? I mean, yeah, and yet... Well, I think it's just a product of people not playing certain decks, right? Sure. Like... And, and obviously, it's really bad against, uh, you know, certain types of graveyard hate in game two. But they, you know, they usually find a way to play around it and make it work, and it's, it's a great game one deck, and... Yeah, no doubt it. I mean, I don't know. Like, why is that? I guess it's because Skolgari Grave Troll is banned. It's yeah. just that's one of the main. Oh, you're things. saying why is that better than Dredge? Dredge is a pretty dominant strategy. Yeah, I think I'm I sure we'll see a lot of Dredge too. Cathartic Reunion's a heck of a magic card. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it'll be. I, I kind of wish I was gone. I, but like, the idea of playing in like a seven thousand person tournament yeah. isn't that appealing to me. Like, I would like really. Enjoy me, playing in a 16 person you. tournament I that play, I win. I can play in the GP on Saturday, which, which is modern. So I'm going to borrow, I'll borrow your burn deck All right. before I go. I have it. I have oh it put God, together. My gorgeous guys, honey. <laughs> can I have you sexy? Uh, sorry. I'm no, sorry. Wow. Take it. Take uh, it. We're doing something right now. Sorry. We're, we're, we're busy. I no, can't. Thanks. I'm sorry. All right. What are y'all doing on the phone? Yeah. 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 Having a call. Yes. <laughs> can I have you sexy? <laughs> You're gorgeous. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> that's, oh, that's the episode. Oh my god. That's you. Um, uh, I, don't know, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, you, why? Because you're not working the whole thing? I'm working Thursday and Friday. I'm not working Saturday. I'm working with Patrick, actually. Yeah. Who, who's doing this? Channel Fireball? Channel Fireball. But oh, Channel Fireball's doing all of them now? Well, not this year. I mean, this, next, next year. year. Next year they're doing all of them. All right, you want to talk about the Hall of Fame? Nope. I want to talk about... Hall of Fame changes. Yeah. No, I don't really want to talk about it. All right. Um, but I do want to talk about season finales. All right. So which superhero shows are you? have you been watching? Okay. I badly fell off the second half of Flash, but it's on Netflix now, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did watch Arrow. Okay. I did watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. I never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Gotham, so it's Arrow. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? has actually been surprisingly good. But they just use all characters I don't care about. Like, I don't care about Ghost Rider. Oh, I do. I love Ghost Rider. What do you love about him? Is it Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch? Uh, it's neither. It's a new... It's a completely new character, as far as I know. Does he have, like, a motorcycle? No, he has a car. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, is it, like, on fire? Is yeah, it, like, a flaming it is on skull? Fire. Yeah, he does. Does he, like, hit you with a chain? Or he does. Is he a penance stare? No, he has a chain. Does he penance stare you? Uh, he does not, but he just makes you, he just burns people up. He's he's basically like... Uh, he's like all, literal flame, not like... He's hellfire. What's hellfire? He's just like, I mean, he's just made out of like, you know, flame. Yeah, he's... But he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. No, he's basically, um, he's dealing with the Darkhold. What's that? That was like, it was like 90s era, Sons of Vengeance, all dealt with the Darkhold, which was this sort of... Super, it was like very Cthulian kind it's of like book. like a book? Yeah, with like... It was very good Yeah, but season. those guys all worked for Strange. Yeah, it's very good this season. They don't season. work for Strange? No. Very good this season. Yeah? Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. 
I was really surprised. My brother forced me to watch it. I don't believe you. You've been watching it for years. Ages of shit. Well, you've been telling me I, I that it's. I quit every year. You've been telling me it's better than I think for like three years. I, I quit every year. I quit every year, but I watch it this season around. Really. Yeah. I, they have Mockingbird, right? I love her. Do they have Mockingbird? Bobby Morse. Oh, yes, they do. But she wasn't on this season. She was only on last season? She was on last season. Yeah, I don't think she was on this season. The very long seasons is the one, my one complaint about all these shows is that the seasons are super long and you just forget stuff. But in like, in Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D., she's not married to Hawkeye, right? Which is like, it's like part of her essential character. Right. And it's weird because he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah. Versus in the regular universe, he was like a circus performer. <laughs> uh, Supergirl? I watched the season finale on your recommendation just because you said it was going to be the best. And? And I was basically like, yo, this show has Terry Hatcher... Uh, Linda Carter, Linda Carter, Brenda Strong, and and uh, who's the and uh, Helen Slater on it? All of them. Uh, Helen Slater's Dean Cain also is on. Who's Dean Cain play? Dean Cain plays uh, Kara's uh, adopted father. He's Helen Slater's husband. Really? Yeah. This is just mono stunt cast. So yeah. I, I love that they did that promo with uh, the Wonder Woman boots. Yeah, yeah. The, Linda Carter's the president, is that right? Yeah, she's the president. She's, she's also an alien. Oh. Spoilers. Thanks for ruining it for me. Sorry, man. Maybe I would have watched it now. Well, you watched the show. It was revealed that she's an alien in the season finale, I believe. No, it wasn't. She oh. wasn't in the season finale. Oh, she wasn't. She was only in the promo. Oh, okay. But I remember her from a previous episode. I yeah. I think I've like watched like two episodes here because I feel like the musical man. episode. People got very upset that Supergirl beat Superman in fair fight. He said it was a fair fight. It seemed like he was addled <laughs> by kryptonite to me. He said it was a fair fight. Is that like if like I play against... Like, here's the thing. I mean, if I'm playing like Injustice 2 against Clark and he beats me... Yeah. You got me, buddy. It was a fair fight. So... You know my kids like throw the controller when I'm playing fighting games with them, right? Because like... You know what happens in a fair fight? They get killed, okay? So here's... So if he beats me... <laughs> oh, it was a fair fight. You've really improved. So here's the thing. It was a, it was a really great spamming the B I button. I have a friend who was uh, an editor at Marvel at one point... I don't want to name names, but he basically was, if you, he's furious that Supergirl won. He's like, this is just a disservice to Superman. It's a disgrace. Goes off and on. on and, but uh, Arrow versus Superman, maybe he sucks. And then Fabian Nicieza pops up in the, and he's like, look, you know as well as anybody, whosever sh- book it is, Win. wins the fight. Yeah. If this had been a Superman show, Superman probably beat Supergirl. That's just how it works. That's the rule of the team up. It's true. I remember... She's so good. She's so... I, I am in love with her. She's just absolutely... The actress? Yeah. She's just so amazing. Oh, my God. You know, I'm, you know Did you see the musical episode? No. But, you know... Did you know... Do you know who's in Wonder Woman? Liz Antiope. You don't know, do you? No. It'll I, take you a second to place her, and then you'll be like, what the... And she'll be your favorite. Okay. Claire Underwood. Oh, I knew... I knew... She, I knew, I knew She's that. awesome. She's I my knew, favorite character. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, like, 50-year-old Robin Wright is so much better than 20-year-old Robin Wright. I don't understand how that's possible. Good haircut. She's, like, ripped. So she's just awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, she's been my favorite since forever. Yeah, you have, like, 40 favorites. But she, she's very high on the list. 
There's not a lot of blondes on that list, so. You just named a blonde. <laughs> you literally just named a different blonde. Like Melissa Benoist a second Well, ago. that's different. That, that's, that's almost, that's just, well, I just think she's fantastic. That's not, that's not even remotely the same kind of, you know, decades of adoration. I was, I was trying to explain to, like, I, I just think she's. I just think she's actually just terrific as Supergirl. Like it's Supergirl is actually just my favorite character out of all of those shows at this point. It's weird to me, like because it has like Terry Hatcher was like my my '90s number one. Like yeah. I, I hard like I had I went this like it's like kind of Terry Hatcher, Gillian Anderson, and Taya Leone in some order. Yeah. Right. I used to watch anything Taya Leone was in. Now she has a TV show. That, like you a highlight, and I don't watch it. Yeah. I told you I saw I saw Good Wife on the train last week. Right? Oh really? I, I sat as close as you are to me right now. She is so. I, I, I guess the camera, like they say, the camera adds ten pounds or whatever. She just looks like an attractive, regular-sized woman on TV. In real life, she's like skeletal. She's so skinny, like unbelievably skinny. Uh, so I was just like, I guess that's just what happens with the camera. Like, but um, anyway, but like. Uh, Linda Carter was my first ever. Yeah. She was my, I was like five years old in <laughs> kindergarten. And when I got in trouble and got sent in the corner, I wasn't thinking about how to be a better boy. <laughs> I was thinking about her spinning around into, into, you know, her mono blue underwater suit or whatever. I see. Like you weren't. I'm not denying anything. Linda Carter was my number. So it's, it's, it's weird because the show like has my number one ever and then my 90s number one. But yeah. So I, yeah, I love... I love now, did you, you said you didn't watch the end of Arrow? I did. You did? I did. What did you think of the ending? Uh, of what, what do you think the... All right. We, we're, so spo- we're, we're spoilers spo- now. We're definitely in spoilers. About spoilers. Yeah. Who cares if Merlin's dead? He's been... He spent more time on Legends of Tomorrow this season than he spent on Arrow. They can just pluck him out of time if they want to use him, right? They've already established that they will do that, right? I don't believe for a second Team Arrow died on the beach. That's the question I was asking you. I don't believe it for a second. Okay. Why would they? Well, you don't think that, like, Holt can just, like, snap his fingers and the T-spheres don't just protect them from C4 or something? I don't know. I mean, it would be like a completely different show if they killed all of Team Arrow, right? One fell swoop. Like, they introduced some semi-interesting characters this season. Like, what's the point of making Diana Drake's character if they're just going to blow her yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. That, that makes no sense. All right, so... Yeah, I don't care if you kill Mad Dog. Right? But, like, <laughs> he's so close to getting his kid back. They didn't... They're not dead. It doesn't matter. What I care about is, like... I want to... How come they didn't resolve the KGB storyline? Uh, because they, they need to keep dragging out the flashbacks to, like, to next year. I love that character. He's, like, such a good friend to Oliver. Oliver's such a douche. Like, <laughs> like seriously. Right? Like, he like he's like, all right, Team Arrow, you can't stop Prometheus. He's going to hire Russian gangsters. Right? Don't worry. I'm friends with them. They come, like, all right, let's, all right, we don't want to do this, man. No, you're doing it. I'll pay you in illegal drugs. We do like illegal drugs. <laughs> all right, let's do this. And be like, all right, I changed my mind. You just guys have to leave. But, dude, we told you we didn't want to do this. Now you're shooting arrows at us. I thought we were best friends. It's just a douche. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's up with that? Yeah. What He's about a Rafa captain, man. Yeah. What about the Legends of Tomorrow? 
I don't know. Or what do you want me to say? I don't understand. Like, they can travel through time to the end of, out of the ends of history. They have a spaceship. I would rather talk about basketball again than talk about They have a spaceship. They've like, their villains can like run faster than time. They've got like, I, I don't even know, like magicians and stuff. But they're searching for a spear with it's like been tipped by the blood of Christ. Like that's the, that's the whole story. Like it's, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry if you're religious or whatever about this, I don't want to offend you any more than the writers of this show to use this as a plot element. But like, it, like it's just on a scale of, like, I have a ship that's, like, can't be destroyed by, like, bombs. Can, like, fly so fast it can travel anywhere in time and space. But I'm worried about a spear that stuck Jesus 2,000 years ago. And, like, that's, that's not a real plot. <laughs> I watched every episode. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Proud of it. Not as proud of it. I think Commander Steel sucks. Yeah, I... I was really upset that they went through this, like, we're like, oh, we're going to introduce the Justice Society. And there's all these really cool old and they characters. Killed them and they all. just killed them. Killed them all. Like, except for the one, except for Commander Steel, who they could have, you know, just right. kill him. I don't, I hate right. him. I hate him, right? You know who I like? Leonard Snart. They killed him, though. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> okay, oh, well, we had a legitimately cool character on it. So that, well, let's keep the stupid one, right? Like, well, he's going to use, you know, Prison Break was coming back. So. The stupid ones on Prison Break too. <laughs> I didn't know that they were brothers Starting, on Prison guys. Break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, like, Snart was. I mean, the best characters are Snart. And White Canary was so. I guess she's cool. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But my favorite, you know, my favorite though. I mean, I love out of the CW shows. I love, I love Supergirl. Riverdale. No, I mean Riverdale. I, I also loved, but Gotham. It's not don't. a CW show. I it's understand. Fox. I said superhero show, though. DC show. There's literally zero about... superheroes on that show. Oh my god, it's so there cool. Except li- you didn't watch the season finale. All right, what happens? Just tell me. Just saying it's year one. But he's a kid. They're just saying he wears a ski mask and he jumps off of a balcony and he saves, you know, saves a family from, you know, a mugger. And it's made my heart swell like the yeah. Grinch. All right, so... Also, Bashir from Deep Space Nine plays Raj al Ghul on Gotham. So there's two f- frickin' Raj al Ghuls on TV right Dude, now. Dude, that guy died so quick on Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> he lasted That's one That's why episode. I didn't even bother naming that. All right, so... Uh, really? Yeah. I totally think I could take him. Like, I don't care if he's normally no, an he immortal was, He was really good. But I'm telling you, he I was better. It. He was better than the guy on on Arrow. Shut up! That guy would kill me. That guy would kill you, but he's a terrible. He's a terrible Rajal Ghul. Dude, Bashir's like a skinny doctor. Yeah, but he he had a certain regal quality. I would which just the other like guy did not. If have. Ubu wasn't there, I would just tackle him and just like pound him to the nugs. Because I'm violent that way. Yeah. I was telling Brian yesterday that I'm like, I like a few weeks, I don't know, months ago when it was like in vogue to punch Nazis or whatever. I was like, oh man, I'm so happy about punching Nazis. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't believe in violence. Like, why is it okay to punch this guy? I don't think it is. And then Brian said, Nazis have it coming. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go to Ivan Raman with Matt uh, Wang? Reclusive Matt Wang? What, what can I eat there? I don't, I don't know what you can't eat. I don't eat things that are the color white. 
You can't, you're, you're on a no carb thing? It's not, it's it's more nuanced than that. I don't eat food that can raise my blood pressure six days a week. I'm sorry, blood blood sugar, six days a week. Okay, so probably nothing. No, I mean, I would totally eat ramen on a different day, right? <laughs> like, or like, if you're like, hey, let's go to Brindle Room again, I'd go there and I'd eat the bread, you know, like, <laughs> done. But like, you know, yeah, that sounds like a lot of things that I would like under, on Saturdays, I would like a lot, sure. but I can't eat today. Sure. So, but primarily I don't eat things that are white. Okay. So like, examples of things that are white are like, potatoes, most things made of wheat, rice, you know. Bread. Well, bread is made of wheat. Yeah. yeah. Things that I eat a lot of are like. What about pumpernickel bread? It's like, I mean, if there's like obvious cheating going on, <laughs> you just recognize that it's obviously cheating. Fine. Um, I mean, you could just do whatever you want, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this is how I've chosen to do the things for about a year. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's more nuanced than to say that I don't just eat carbs. Yeah. Because I eat, I eat a lot of vegetables, which have carbs. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, gotcha. You, uh, going, going back to, did you watch, have you been watching Fargo? I have, like, I'm so mad. I got a new DVR. You didn't reset for Fargo? Oh, I had every episode. I, I was going to binge it. Oh, my God. Is it even on Is it on, on demand? It should be on demand. You might miss the first episode, though. I think they're only allowed to have six on demand. Are they on, maybe on, F, on, on Hulu? Maybe on Hulu. I'm so mad. I haven't watched Legion either. I, I still have not. That's the one show. It's I still it's need to finish. These are the, exactly the shows we're supposed to be watching. I have to finish. I have to finish Legion. I think I'm going to go back to... I think Fargo, I, is, Fargo is just great. Better Call Saul, I'm going to flatly stand by the fact that Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad through this point, season three. I, it's so hard for me. First of all, both shows are wonderful. I mean, like, it's, you're like... Better Call Saul is unbelievable. Know, I was about to say, it's like choosing between your children, but most people can do that, right? Yeah. But, like, what it's like choosing your left nut or your right nut now, right? <laughs> both of them are effective for the things that you want to... Have. They're both good. I don't. Why would? Why do you have to say this one's better than this one? They're, can't you just love them both? No, nah, I think possibly because people. There's still people out there who just haven't watched Better Call Saul, and yeah. so. Yeah, but it's just. I like want to. I want. I want to incite controversy to make them watch it. Saying Wonder Woman it. is better than Winter Soldier just makes me have to pick reasons why Wonder Woman isn't good. Why? Why well, should I do that? Wonder it, Woman Paul is said good. it because he honestly believes that. <laughs> I mean, he. He just has terrible taste. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like, he also, I don't even remember. What, what is his theory about the end of Watchmen? He just doesn't like it because he thinks it's ripped off of the of the Twilight Zone. Outer right? limits. Outer limits, right? But like, so what? It's it's appropriate to the story they were telling. Don't. I don't know, man. We'll get him on. You can argue with him about it. No, he's just going to say, like, it's ripped off the outer limits. Can't be good. I think there's a, there are people from that era who feel like a lot of Alan Moore's stories were borrowed from other sources. Yeah, but he just loves genre. Sure. Right? Like, that's his thing. He loves genre, and he just expresses it in comments. Sure. He does it in a way that no one ever did before. Sure. But every story is derivative, right? Like, you... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, the biggest Alan Moore homer, so... I know. It's like, of course I'm going to say it. I'm somewhere in the middle. No, you're not. In your heart of hearts, you love Alan Moore more than me. 
Well, I mean, I love the Superman annual more than any comic ever written. Yeah. And so. I like the Swamp Thing run <laughs> up until near the end just more than anything like, other than the Superman annual. I mean, just the anatomy lesson really Followed is by best. Marvel Man. Yeah, so... My point being, you like him better than me. These are all evidence to that. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I think mean, he... like, like I think Watchmen is possibly the fifth best thing out of See, done. I think it's the best thing anyone's ever done in comics. So we disagree on this. Oh, point. it's not better than Year One. So, but I, all my my only point is, I'd be like, I love Miracle Man. I love it. Right. I I own it in a bunch of different formats. You know, uh, I love Watchmen. I appreciate the stuff that you that you uh, so, but I think it's different for me reading it 20 years after it's been published for the first time than you reading it when you were a kid, right? Like those those are yeah. different. Because um, like I think if you had read Anatomy, like I read Anatomy Lesson in 1996, okay? Sure. So maybe 1997, right? So like. I had already had the experience of reading good comics. He'd already spawned an entire line of comic books off of Two. that one comic. <laughs> right? Like, I had already read, like, you know, Youngblood or something, you know, at that point. Right. Right? Or, yeah. or uh, But I'm saying, like, Wildcats. Vertigo, the reason Vertigo yeah. exists is because of that comic. I'm even just talking about Wildcats, right? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, uh... Or, or the Rob Liefeld comics, right? Like Supreme and Yeah, Rob. I'd already read those at the point that I had read this comic. So, I mean, like, when I'd already, you know, think about it, like, I'd already read every issue of Sandman at this point, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a completely different experience to read it in 1997 for the first time. Yeah, I still, it's so funny. I can still very vividly remember being in a comic shop and having this guy, and I think, I, I feel like his name was Ralph, and he was a mailman. And he was a, like a meathead, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just, like just ripped. Like he was a guy who like was in a serious head-on car collision, and his body was like so Superman-like that he just broke a rib. Like yeah. you know, they were like, "Oh, it should have killed you," and he's like, Arr. just like this giant. He just responded with an anim- animal-like guttural, yeah, yeah, Arr. guttural proclamation. He was just like, but he loved comics, and he was super smart. He was like really like against physical type, and he was the first person to be just like. Did you read Swamp Thing Anatomy Lesson? Yeah. It was like a week after it came out, you know? And I'm like, no, it's freaking Swamp Thing. I'm just done with it. You know, it's been yeah. terrible. It's I had loved the Len Wein, Bernie Wrights and Swamp Thing. But the, the book up to those like 19 or 20 issues in the current run had just been awful. So, and uh, I'm like, I, I haven't read a Swamp Thing book in, you know, years or whatever. And he's just like, just read it. And it was just... You were done. Oh, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's literally mind-altering. Yeah, and then, like, is this whole concept of, And there was like, nothing... I mean, there was nothing like that. Like, he's a plant, so, like, he just has fruit growing off of him, but if you eat the fruit, you get high. Yeah. Like, it's oh. kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, here's the oh thing. Oh, my God. I looked this up today. I'm pretty sure I own the comic book New Mutants number 98, okay? Do you okay. know what that is? Is that the first appearance of Cable, or...? First appearance of Deadpool. Of Deadpool, okay. okay. That comic is worth $500, okay? At least, yeah. I've clearly not cracked it in years, right? But... My, my kids are going back to my parents' house, like, for two weeks. Yeah. Like, I'm not going. But I, do you think I should, like, send Bella on a mission to, like, Bella, you have to very carefully go yeah, to really. Daddy's Long Box and just find new... Like, I'm pretty sure I own this one. Yeah, wasn't there... There's a whole run of books from that number, from those Liefeld runs that are all worth a lot of money because First Appearance of Cable, yeah. First Appearance of Deadpool... But I don't know if I have First Appearance of Cable. Okay. But I'm pretty sure I have this one. It's worth 500 bucks. I mean, if it's in, if it's in like... I'm, if it's in slabable shape, it's in a bag. 
It's in a bag. Is there, it's got backing. Is there a board? Yeah. There's, there's a board. Okay. So I was acid, like a, is it acid free? Probably not, but it hasn't, I'm sure it hasn't hit oxygen for 20 okay. years. All right, all right. So, all right, here's the thing. You, you have to tell Bella to do this. Yeah. We're going to pay to get it graded. We're going to see what, what, what grade do you think Mike's copy of New A, do you think Mike's copy of New Mutants 98 exists? B, is it going to be higher than an 8.5? So here's grade. the problem. I don't know. Like, like my long boxes are like <laughs> in like a sub basement, like underneath the stairs. So like maybe moisture got in there or something. But they're in plastic. Yeah. All right. So we're going to tell Bella to get it. We're going to see. We're going to follow up on the story. I have my New Gods number one. I just found in a long box. Is that is that good? Kirby? I mean, I don't care if it's good or not. I, just, I have it hanging on a wall now. I mean, for monies. Maybe. I don't care. Mine's not a slabable. Co- I mean, it's nice. It's I, nice most copy. of my comics are like... I, like I, I bought them for love, not for... Yeah, not for investment. But, like, this is a... Of my collection, like yeah. this one appreciated, right? Right. Just compare that to the number of graphic novels I own. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm way behind. Yeah, not no, behind I, in, in yeah, love. I think you yeah. need to. I think you need to. Yeah, you need to ask Bella to get it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, children, they're like, they got like Bella grubby seems, fingers. Bella seems very responsible. She's like, she seems more responsible than you are. That's not hard. Like, but. <laughs> Well, but but it's it's a strict upgrade over you getting the. Comic. No, no, no. But I'm like super OCD about things like comics and magic cards. Oh. Like, you know, like. I gotcha. It's in plastic, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that I looked up today, four hundred and ninety-eight dollars. It's worth. Okay. If, if I had like an A5. Right. So. Okay. We'll see. Bella's going to be on. She has to dig through. I have a, probably have a lot of long boxes. I don't know. I have like five left. That's what I'm down to. I'm down to five long boxes of just stuff that I care to own or wrote. <laughs> nice rope brags. Yeah, well. I was thinking about Igor Corday this week. Oh, please. I guess, All right, bring it on. You then, talked about... I forced you to talk about basketball. Then I stopped. <laughs> Do you know this character? Because I think that he was the original illustrator on the character Phantom X. Do you know Phantom X? No. He's the weirdest character. Uh, Is he an X-Men character? Yeah, he was introduced in Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. He's like Weapon something. He's like, you know, Captain America's like Weapon 1, I think. Hulk is like Weapon 2. Wolverine is Weapon 10. It's like Weapon weapon X. They're like, what are you, an idiot? It's Roman numeral, right? And then, like, Deadpool, I think, is Weapon 11. I think Phantom X might be Weapon 13. Okay. But he's, like, a weird combination of powers. Like, his powers are, like, if he opens his mouth, a spaceship can come out. <laughs> like for, they're like, oh, are your powers, like, superhuman marksmanship? Because he's, like, running around shooting guns and stuff. No! If I open my mouth, a spaceship comes out. Of course. But, like, his spaceship is also his nervous system. So, like, you could, like, shoot him a bunch and he won't die. Because his nervous system is a spaceship. <laughs> But you can go into the space. Like, like all the all the X Force members can go into the spaceship and go where they need to go. Presumably, it goes back inside of him. I, I, it's like it's weird. And he like you know shoots guns and he wears like a ski mask, so you don't really know what he looks like. Apparently, he likes Psylocke, but who doesn't? Yeah. I don't. I don't know this character, and uh, 
he sounds weird. Nor do I understand it. Yeah, yeah, he's really weird. I was just wondering. But I believe Igor Corday was the first artist of Phantom X. But I'm, I'm reading Rick Remender's run of um, X, Uncanny X-Force right now on Landy Ho's recommendation. Do you have Marvel Unlimited? I think I do. I mean, I just read so much Marvel Unlimited. Like, yeah. it's such a wonderful thing to have. And, like, it's so I think, like, it, this thing is just like a... It's like an homage to the violence of 90s comics, and it's wonderful. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a... Yeah. So what, which, like what, a which title is this again? Uncanny X-Force. Okay. But he has awesome artists on it. Like, he, he did... Do you know Isad Ribic? Yeah. So he did Isad Ribic for a lot of the covers and maybe, like, one or two arcs. But Phantom X is one of the main characters. I don't know. That's why I was thinking about Eagle Corday this week. Because there was a spaceship in his mouth. Well, this is a weird power, right? Yeah, like, that's super weird power. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I got. All right. So, uh, lots of spoilers. Sorry for TV shows. When is Expanse going to be on something I can watch? I mean, I don't know. It's it's on. It's got to be on something, right? I don't want to pay. Oh, okay. I already pay on so many things. Does it, it's, I think it's on Hulu. No way. No. So my network's not on Hulu? I don't think so. I mean, if it is, I'm going to feel pretty stupid. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I actually have the first Expanse novel in my bag right now. Is it good? I'm just starting it. I'm going to read it. I, it's like, do you, do you have that, like, sense, like, sometimes where you just, like, you start a new book, and it's, like, going to be, like, a, a big reading project. Like, there's a bunch of these Expanse novels. Yeah. So, like, you just, like, stall on the first ten pages. I'm kind of in that stall on the first ten pages mode right now. I, I have this thing called Scribed. I've started it a couple have times. Have you heard of Scribed? No. It's an app called Scribed. The reason we got it was, like, I was, like, I really wanted, like, my wife's like, what do you want for, like, I don't know if it was like your birthday or something. I never want anything, right? Like, it's yeah. like, if I, like, if I want something, I just buy it, right? You know, like, I don't really need any gifts, I don't care. And, like, um, I actually wanted, like, an Audible subscription or something. I'm like, it's kind of, like, 14 bucks a month or something, and you get, like, one audiobook, and I was just like, seems kind of whack. But there's this thing called Scribe, and she got it, because, like, it gives you, like, six magazine subscriptions or something, but they're, like, virtual. They're, like, on your iPhone. And then there's, like, you have a certain number of book downloads also, but there's also audiobooks, and they had... The main audiobook I wanted to read at the time, read slash listen to, was... The Norse mythology book that uh, Neil Gaiman did. You know, he came out with like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, so they had it. So I was just like, oh. They have like Name of the Wind and stuff. Are you watching American Gods? I have like stopped, started the first episode a bunch of times. I'm, I'm, on, I'm doing season five of, uh, of House of Cards right now. Oh my God. I you're going to love American Gods so much. Gillian Anderson's in it, right? That's another one at 50 is inexplicably a hundred times better than she was at 20. She's pretty good at 20. Yeah. Carrie Russell is the, takes the cake, though, right? Because yeah. they built an entire genre around her when she was 18, and the 40-year-old version just pees all over the, the one that they, they did. Not in a sexual way. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a, you know, a waste production way. Yeah. That, um, that show just go, going into its last season now. Americans? Americans just finished... Second to last. Second to last season just finished. Pretty happy with it. It's kind of a lot of setup. It seems like it's a lot of setup for yeah. the last season. And then Orphan Black final season starts soon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wasn't aware. Yeah. I think it still might start in the next two weeks. This is, listen to my stupid problem. 
Okay. I only have two HDMI ports in my TV. We only have one TV. I don't know. You probably have more than one TV. Yeah, like, yeah. A lot more I have, than that. I have yeah. one TV. It's like a pretty big TV. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and like, but it was only two HDMI ports. So my cable is... We have ours hung on the wall and we can't get to one of our HDMI cables. So my... One so of our HDMI ports. My cable is actually, right now, as of like a week ago, two weeks ago maybe, it's actually going through AV cables. You know, like the ones from like Nintendo Entertainment System. So it's, it's like so ghetto. Like, uh, like, I don't know, it's just like the picture's not as nice and stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's my that's my main complaint in life. Sorry. It's pretty ghetto. Yeah. I mean, apparently there's a, you can buy like an HDMI Switch. Yes. But I didn't buy that. You should do that. Well, do it on the way to Ivan when you won't eat any white food. Which, Ivan is that way, right? Yeah. Best Buy is that way. Oh, okay. Well, there's probably a Best Buy that way, too. You're lying. I think so. <laughs> Come on, we're going to meet Matt way. All right. So, uh, this has been Top 8 Magic. I guess Top 8 Basketball Complaints is actually <laughs> the, should be the more appropriate name. Um, if you like this podcast, which I presume you do because you're still listening to us ramble at this point, which is well beyond any mentions yeah, of really, Aetherworks really, Marvel at this really point. It really is pretty, um, pretty dedicated. You know, you should, you should subscribe to it because God knows when we ever come out. You might miss it. <laughs> so, subscribe to it on iTunes. I'm sure Carrie Dan will put a link or whatever. And uh, you should write also, if you're a good person or a terrible person like me, you should write like... Um, a review on iTunes and tell everyone how much you like it if you like it if you don't like it just send me a nasty tweet <laughs> I can take it built up from years and years of comments as a Star City Games uh, freemium writer just telling Matt that you can't eat white foods alright goodbye